After we opened up this creepy, creepy Dybbuk box. Yeah, it's definitely sinister, it's awful, it's scary, but it's not new. We're ordering Dybbuk boxes from the web. Do you seriously think this doll is possessed? In the last six years, five people have sat in the murderer's chair. And every single one has met sudden death within hours of the event. So yeah, I came across yet another story this week. Oh? It's not factual per se, but it is a very, very good read. Creepy? It's very creepy. Of course it's creepy. <laughs> what kind of podcast do you think we're running here? <laughs> but yeah, so this is like, you know Reddit r slash no sleep? I've heard of it. Yeah. Really good stories. If anybody hasn't checked it out, r slash no sleep is kind of just to give you a brief uh analysis of it i guess is that it's these people who are writing stories like as if they're fact they may be fiction but the whole kind of like uh i guess rules of no sleep is that it's true even though it's not true it's creative writing yeah but like with a twist i yeah. would say yeah like, yeah like a little horror cocktail but oh sounds tasty <laughs> Would you drink it? Horror cocktail, yeah. Yeah? What's in there? Like eyeballs? Testicles? Well, <laughs> now I'm not sure. <laughs> Actually, on second thought, hold that cocktail. But uh, yeah, so this... <laughs> Putting the balls in the cocktail. <laughs> uh, cock and ball tail. But yeah, so our slash no sleep, this story... I don't know what the actual title with it was. I think it was just like, sometimes they have this ambiguous kind of like Reddit, I need your help. Yeah. And it's about this guy who goes down to the grocery store. He's living this kind of like um, Groundhog Day, like repeating every day as it is, going to work and home and to the store and blah, blah, blah. But on one particular occasion, he goes to the store because he needs to speak to his sister about something. So he goes to the store and he's about to speak to his sister uh, he's in the parking lot in his car and he spots a car that looks identical to his. Yeah. With, you know, identical kind of like dents on it. And then on closer inspection, he sees the registration plate and it's his car. Oh. So bit bizarre because he's already yeah. in his car. Yeah. Right? And then next thing you know, he walks out of the store, speaking to his sister drops something on the ground, gets into the car and drives off. And this guy is completely freaked. Yeah, that's weird. So he's saying himself, like, is he dead? Is he... Right. So it's kind of like parallel universe. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, like back to the future kind of stuff. But, yeah. <laughs> so he's freaked out. He goes up and as soon as he like picks up the, the dropped item, it's, I can't remember what it is, but it's something of significance. So he carries the item goes home, posts this on Reddit, and then he goes back to the next day to talk to his sister. So he wants to ask his sister what this doppelganger said. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So he pulls up to the parking lot in the mall where his sister works, gets out of the car. She denies the whole thing, says, I haven't seen you in like weeks, blah, blah, blah. What the hell? Has an argument with her, walks outside, and the item of significance, he drops it on the ground, doesn't even realize and drives off. So he saw himself. So he's like a day hours. behind. He's a day behind. Oh, this is good. This is, yeah, yeah. This is weird. And the coolest part about it is that 24 hours later on Reddit, there was a second post identical to the first. Clever. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I like those. Yeah. So kind of like a cool story, I think. Like, I don't know. I read it really took me in because most of those stories are kind of like, Yo, I've seen a monster, or I think my dad's gone crazy, but it turns out he's the crazy one. What you need this? a you need a search by like top of all time, don't you? Yeah, yeah, like the mold story. Oh, mold's so good. Ryan, so good, man. Especially, I think that was the first one I heard on No Sleep. Yeah, the first one I read. Yeah, it's like seven parts on it as well. Yeah, it's it's a saga, like it's a proper like lengthy read, but it's worth it. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Especially with the release of Resident Evil Eight coming out. Oh, I nice. Think. Well, it's already out. Especially if you're listening to this podcast, it's been out a week i think but yeah if you're interested in virus mold kind of like creepy uh investigative type stuff definitely check out mold saga on no sleep yeah on reddit but uh yeah speaking of sagas uh i think we love a segue right 
I think that's like we're three. F- well, technically we're three for three. Yeah, we're technically three for three. I think on the segways. Check your watch there for that. I d- no, I'm just checking the time. Spooky time. <laughs> that's why. <laughs> nice. Right. Yeah. Kind of. You know where those guys in high school used to like call you names, and then you had to have like quick wit comebacks. I was one of the guys calling the people. Names, I was going to say, is so. this you like starting to open up about your bullied past? <laughs> I think we could dive into that at a different stage. <laughs> the character it arc. Quite, it is quite terrifying. So <laughs> character arc. <laughs> oh God. But yeah. Anyway, so welcome into episode three of Ghost Waves. Uh, I am Ryan. I am Rachel. And today we're kind of discussing something that we've touched upon in the previous podcast but we kind of want to give it a bit more texture today, I guess. Yep. So everyone's heard the story of Annabelle, right? The Warrens, yes. Yeah. Everyone's heard the story or everyone's got like a TikTok or everyone's got like pictures on Instagram or videos on YouTube of haunted dolls and haunted artifacts. Could be a variety of things, but today what we're kind of looking to do is dive in to some of the most bizarre stories that I think I've ever read. Pretty much just to remove all comfort from your everyday life. I mean, Ryan. first of all, it was the attic. Yeah. Everyone's now scared of their attic. <laughs> yeah. Then it was hotels. Yeah. Can't stay in a hotel anymore. Nope. Now it could be literally anything in your house yeah we're gonna ruin it so yeah that's what we're looking to do is basically every week pick some very common object in your household and then just destroy it so you're literally going to be sitting on the floor uh away from every part of the furniture (laughs) and then we're going to do one about carpets so (laughs) you know that's it's kind of what we got going on (laughs) but yeah so today is kind of like as I said, focused on these kind of like very popular uh, horror paranormal topics that we kind of got. Some of them have like, I guess the backstory once again makes it a lot more disturbing than the present day uh, like hauntings. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Because I mean, my my two stories anyway, they're everyday objects. Yeah. You know, without the backstory, they would literally be nothing. So right. the stories are really interesting. Yeah. So you got two topics today. I got two. You got two. I have got three. Hopefully we got time. Once again, always got to outdo me. Yeah. It's just what I do. <laughs> I heard you're doing two. I'm going to do three. You do three. <laughs> I do five. Okay. So you do five. I cancel the podcast. Yeah. Now. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so think we're gonna let you take the lead on this one today because my three stories are a bit bizarre however I kind of want to hear about yours because you've been mentioning this a tiny bit to me earlier mm-hmm. and I'm not gonna lie I'm just excited so I just kind of <laughs> want to see what you got going on first okay all right well we'll get right into it okay uh so the first one is um this is maybe the most famous uh, I don't know about yours but this one is fairly well known i think if you're into like paranormal and stuff like that like you'll you'll maybe have come across this at some point but i hadn't so this is a painting called the hands resistant okay by a painter called edward stoneham have you heard of this no what's it called again the hands resist him the hands resist him yeah okay so instantly fairly fairly dis uh discomforting name i've got a few images in my head. <laughs> one could be like they. It's, it's. Is this involving adults? No. Okay. It's it's involving clothes though, right? Uh, not really. No. Uh, okay. I'm I'm curious. <laughs> Color me interested. So this was painted in 1972 by this guy Edward Stoneham. Right. So he based this photo or this painting of a photo of himself when he was five years old. Okay. Um, but the reason it's of interest is because in February 2000, an anonymous seller listed the painting uh, on eBay. Okay. Uh, and it was described as a haunted painting. Um, oh. So we'll put a, for those watching, we'll put a photo of the of the painting up now. The painting, yeah. But uh, for those just listening, I'll describe it. So basically there's a little boy um, in the center of the photo and he's got these like sunken hollow eyes. Like, you can't really see his eyes. They're pretty much blacked out. Right, okay. 
um there's a creepy doll like a little girl doll beside him yeah you know with like the puppet mouth um she's got no eyes at all at all just black holes oh so not even like the sewing kind of like no it's just like black no abyss okay i'm already <laughs> i'm already noping this uh and she's holding some weird like contraption it's like a spray can and some wires or something i couldn't really tell what it is right um and they're both standing in front of a window and on the other side of the window you can see all these like dismembered hands what? just like trying to grab them just like all around the window just these hands um so it really is it's it's a disturbing piece of art yeah in its own right yeah uh but anyway so this ebay ad um included like grim warnings about like buy if you dare i guess right okay the couple that like put the listing up they originally found the painting like at the back of this like brewery or something okay um took it home hung it in the child's bedroom so wait a minute sorry i'm just gonna stop you so this yeah like the painting was abandoned yeah they just found it so this guy who like i'm gonna ask you more about this later but the guy who painted it yeah how do you have a story of how it got from like his possession to like yeah do your thing listen on do your thing listen on okay so yeah so they found the painting put it in their four-year-old's bedroom <laughs> why as obviously a child-friendly painting hey kids you want to get scars for life sounds nice doesn't it <laughs> right? they probably just saw a doll they're like yeah whatever <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um but the daughter would come into the parents and be like the painting's alive she saw the doll and the boy fight and come out into the room at nighttime no man yeah no. so obviously four-year-olds vivid imagination but to that degree it just gives me goosebumps yeah um so the parents were like this is weird our child's either insane or the painting's possessed yeah. so they put up a webcam in the room at night and mm -hmm. there are pictures that they captured which we can put in of the little girl doll like Remember I said she was holding like a wire contraption? Yeah. It changes to be a gun. What? And she's forcing the boy out of the painting. <laughs> they like fight. Are you serious? Yeah. So it was like, like Terminator type shit where she's like, yo, I'm going to just change my hand and anything I please. It's so funny. I literally have read this story a few times, like obviously researching and I have goosebumps right now. Yeah. It's just so creepy. Um, But yeah, so... That, they've got proof, apparently, proof in air quotes. Yeah. Because uh, obviously these pictures could be doctored or whatever, but... Right. Um, when were these pictures taken again, sorry? So they bought it in... This was being sold in 2000. Right, so... So, 20 years ago, not the best quality pictures. Yeah. Whatever, but um, you can look them up, like, the pictures are online. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, they put the listing up, um... They also put a like a disclaimer in the listing, like they won't be responsible for any like accidents or whatever that befall the purchaser. Shit. They felt like they had to put that in. Um, but strangely, within hours of the bid going live, it went viral. Right, of course. Um, everyone just jumped on this. What was the postage and packaging for? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, really? I don't know. I would throw it, like, if it was me personally and I was looking to get rid of it, I would be like, yo, dude. It's free. I, I will deliver this to your house personally. Yeah. You know. Just get it out of my house. I might die in the process, but I don't know why they would, like, I guess, just to kind of stop you, right? I, I, I feel like as if it's kind of a very precarious, precarious situation. Okay. Is that the word? It depends what you're going to say next. Now I'm nervous. But <laughs> so it's kind of like one of those situations where, you know, they could easily give it to somebody for free, right? Yeah. So if it was freaking them out, like their lives mustn't have been in any immediate danger from this haunted painting as such. Mm. Because all it's doing is kind of like, well, according to them. All it, they're doing is, all it's doing is coming alive into their four-year-old's daughter at night. No, no worries. Yeah, right? Just a mild inconvenience. Totally. It, well, <laughs> yeah, only crafting guns out of nothing. Yeah, so. no bother. But I mean, it's kind of one of those things that like, you know, you think that you, if there was, the threat was that big that you would give it away for free. So to kind of put it up on eBay to sell it, like you got to wait, what, like seven days maximum? 
So what what's going to happen in those seven days? Did they sit down and speak to the painting being like, look, guys, you're not going to be here, right? In approximately <laughs> six days and 52 minutes, okay? So do your worst. Well, I mean, I guess they know that the paranormal has a certain allure and that people will pay for it. So they're maybe just make, like, looking to make their bag on this. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Like, it's probably, I don't know. If yeah. it's not like properly threatening them, yeah. why not? Who's going to make the bag first though? The painting sell on eBay or the people that die in the house because of the painting? Ooh, body bag. Whoosh. Nice. Sorry. Uh, that didn't happen. Oh, okay. No one died. All right. Uh, spoiler alert. But within hours of the bid going live. Okay. Uh, went viral. Yeah. 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 Uh, reports began coming in of strange reaction reactions from people who viewed the bid. Right. So people apparently became violently ill. Children screaming when they looked at the painting. Um, people being gripped by like an unseen entity and blacking out. This is just by viewing. This is by viewing the eBay page. <laughs> Not even the actual painting. What the hell? Man? Yeah um so yeah one person said that he tried to like download the painting and print it out and his brand new printer kept mutilating the pages like it kept ripping them up so it wouldn't let it print it what yeah so pretty strange it's like whatever your ghost doesn't like selfies yeah <laughs> so yeah he's like no free com- it's like co- no copyright <laughs> like unless that's a filter i don't want it okay <laughs> so um so yeah, obviously there's no like hard evidence for this, but the fact that all these different reports were coming in from different people all around the world yeah. is is pretty strange. Um, and obviously this attention made the price shoot up. So I think it was originally listed for like maybe like just under $200. Okay. Um, it sold for over $1,000. So bear in mind, this is 2000 as well. So yeah, that's a pretty big jump. Pretty, pretty good for back then. Yeah. Um, but interestingly, so you were asking why was the painting abandoned in the first place? Right. Like what the backstory was behind it? So uh, Edward Stoneham, the painter, he originally put it into a gallery. Right. Um, like he wasn't like a really famous painter or anything. It was kind of just like a whatever, like mid-level art submission. Yeah, yeah. Um, it got hung in the gallery. It was reviewed by an art critic. Yeah. Uh, and bought by, I can't remember his name, but he was... Um, someone who's involved in the production of the godfather oh okay. um so he bought the painting right all three died within one year of coming into contact with the painting so that's the gallery owner the art critic and the guy who bought it all three died holy shit um natural causes like well i think one was maybe a like a car accident or something one died during open heart surgery or whatever but still no, it's still, yeah, the coincidence of that. All three of them. Yeah. So, yeah, it was like, I guess then taken out of the gallery, moved about, ended up in this brewery, left for like a free-for-all kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, And picked up by this couple who then put it on eBay. Um, So I couldn't find any up-to-date info on where it currently is. Okay. The last I saw that it was bought by an art gallery in 2017. Right. And I believe it's still there today. Uh, I did read something that like the previous owner who put it into the art gallery was offered six figures for it. Six figures? And turned it down. Because of the, like what's behind it, I guess, or? Yeah, I think he just wanted to keep it in the gallery. Um, And yeah, that's that. But he's also painted three or four like prequel, sequel paintings on commission. Yeah. Um, none of which are haunted, but definitely worth a look up because they're all equally as disturbing. So was that kind of like his art style then is just absolute... Yeah, I think I read it's meant to be sort of like based on Carl Jung's philosophy. It's meant to be like the bridge between childhood and fantasy and right. they're meant to be philosophical style paintings. But obviously this one, he might have caught something supernatural while yeah. painting it. That's kind of nuts, man. It reminds me, and this is going to be like a really odd reference, right? But there used to be this movie out coincidentally enough in the 70s as well yeah maybe the 60s called driller killer right right i don't think like maybe not point not one percent of the people listening to this probably know what driller killer is but yeah <laughs> it's this real like down and out style like artist and he's like you know trying to do like paintings trying to make the masterpiece as such 
And obviously, bear in mind, this is 70, so he's clearly doing copious amounts of drugs as well. Of course. But he kind of, like, snaps and loses his shit, and then just goes around the town, like, basically killing everyone with a fucking drill, right? Yeah. It's not even a cordless drill. So I don't know where he plugged it in to kill these people. <laughs> I love that idea that he has to stop and plug it into the wall. <laughs> like, yeah. hold on a minute. <laughs> yeah. Just hit with a, like, a, what, three mile long extension cord? <laughs> But uh, yeah, so like apparently it was all down to like the painting driving him insane. Yeah. Like his masterpiece became, you know, the the downfall of him as such. Yeah, but interesting. It's kind of reminded me of that, man. Like I just feel like the the those kind of like paintings are very scary, especially like because it's from the 70s. Like this isn't like a real old school, you know, biblical picture or anything like that, that, you know, xbc or you know <laughs> afterwards this is like in the 70s so this is like fairly recent in yeah. today's kind of times yeah so for this just random dude to be in something that becomes like either like completely a coincidence with everybody who comes in contact with it or you know it genuinely has kind of developed some kind of supernatural ability or powers very yeah weird. yeah but definitely look look it up if you haven't seen it it's uh now, personally, I didn't experience any strange side effects from looking at it, but right. apparently people still do. So just look with caution if you're going to look. Reminds me of like a creepypasta. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of got creepypasta vibes, but I don't think I will be looking at that <laughs> at all. Well, actually, you know what? We've probably put it on the YouTube video. We're going to put it on the screen, so you'll have to. Sorry, folks, in, adv- in advance. <laughs> we'll so. put up a trigger warning. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, this kind of leads me on to my story, which is a bit strange and it's about people meeting their fate and what kind of comes afterwards i guess um this isn't necessarily unhaunted like a haunted artifact as such Mm -hmm. this is something that is just in itself i think is extremely disturbing so i'm just gonna say to everybody who's listening right now uh if you're chilling if you're watching this and you're doing something in the background just kind of like just Listen, listen to what I'm about to say, because it's very strange. Okay, so this mannequin that sits on a shop window, okay, a bridal shop window in Chihuahua, Mexico, is dubbed the strangest, most lifelike mannequin. For the last 90 years, people have been trying to figure out whether this is a real human being who's been embalmed oh, and wow. kept. Or if it is just a, a, a very lifelike mannequin. I'm getting House of Wax vibes. Right, right. So the the name of this store, which is uh, coincidentally enough the name of the mannequin or the, the legend behind this is called La Pascolita. Yeah. I, I think I said that right. But yeah, so people have been guessing whether this has been a doll it, like, or it has it been an actual human being for the last 90 years. Uh, I'm going to put a picture up for the YouTube, but for anybody else uh, that is listening to this on Spotify, I'm kind of going to go into detail on this as much as possible. So it's very strange because the face of this mannequin is astonishingly impressive. Like, I mean, it looks like as if it is following you oh, yeah. as you walk past, like the eyelashes, the eyebrows, everything is just so like lifelike. That's impressive as well. The fact it's, I guess it's 90 years old. Yeah. So for an object that old to be that realistic. Yeah. Well, that's because it could potentially be realistic. Yeah. Is the story behind it. Yeah. It's out of the ordinary anyway. Yeah. It's kind of weird because like some people, like there's been stories all about this. Like, you know, one person who would walk by the store every day could see the fingernails getting longer. Oh, no. And then, you know, they go past the store one day and then they're like cut short. Uh, apparently there's been sightings that there's veins on like the bottom of the legs, like very like um, thin, realistic veins, you know, on the body, the the actual uh, hands and like the wrinkles and everything just looks 100% genuine. What's it made of? I don't know. This, like the actual doll itself, this is the strangest thing because the actual doll itself, there's not much information on it. It's just information and 
legend on the backstory. Okay. So I'm, I'm very go- interested. So I'm going to read you through the backstory here for this. So it appeared first in the window of a bridal store in Chihuahua, Mexico in 1930. Right. So uh, Pascuela Esperanza uh, was the owner at the time. I think she died in like 1967, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. But the whole thing is, is that according to the story is that her daughter, who was called uh, Chonita, she was supposed to get married. Um, so she was like, she had her wedding dress on. And there's two kind of variations of this story. One of them is that there was a scorpion in the crown of the wedding dress, which uh, stung her and then she died. Oh, wow, yeah. And then the other story is, is that it was a black widow that like poisoned her and then she couldn't, you know, um, I guess recover from the poison mm. at the time. So, so even like her death is suspicious? It's very suspicious. It's almost like, I'm not too sure like how popular those kind of like, you know, bugs and insects are around Mexico, but like a scorpion and a black widow, man, like that's too fucking like, that's 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 the boss level insects. Yeah, that's two unfortunate things. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, anyway, so she got poisoned and then she succumbed to the poison on her wedding day, and then it kind of wasn't long after her death that the mannequin appeared in the shop window. Okay. So it was kind of like a strange like, you know, tran- transition mm-hmm. from her death and then this mannequin just appearing on the window. Yeah. Which, as you can probably guess, looked identical. To the daughter. That's creepy. So there's been rumors and it was kind of said by uh, Pasquala, I think that's her name, or we'll just call her Mrs. Esperanza, um, that the the doll was like brought in from Paris. So, but she wouldn't say who created the doll. You know, all the other mannequins in the shop looked like made out of wood or like very yeah. cheap kind of like porcelain i think they're made out of yeah. or whatever it was at the time but this was just like completely insane and like 90 years down the line if you google this place today mm-hmm. and you go on the reviews on google literally everybody's just saying how life like the doll is creepy so that's like like more than 90 years yeah and it's still like like the that. fact it hasn't even like started to like decay or right. get all fusty or whatever. Do you know what? Like if it is made of some sort of fabric yeah. or wood or whatever, you think it would start to age and start to look a little bit rough after a while, right. like after 90 years. Yeah. But I guess it's still fine in the window. Yeah. It seems to be fine. Like, like let's be honest here. Like even if you leave anything out in the sun for too long or by a window or, yeah. you know, you always get like real kind of like, I don't know, like I think it's like sun bleach. Yeah, it'll bleach up. Yeah. yeah. So there's none of that, nothing at all. They're like the, everything about this doll just seems to be like stuck in time almost. And then on top of that is that there's a lot of like superstition around, um, you know, the spirit of the doll. So they were saying that like whatever wedding dress that the doll is wearing at the time will grant you like good fortune in your wedding, you know, cause that's the wedding that apparently Chonita did not have with her. Yeah. And so she'll carry on what yeah. she didn't get to have. Yeah. That's nice. And just to kind of like end it on that, I guess, no one has ever seen the doll get like dressed or changed. So no one's kind of like, you know well, how you walk well, in the shop. it's privacy. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. Getting dressed here. You know, you're not supposed to see the bride until her wedding yeah. type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. But only the husband did not get to see her at all. So it doesn't, so the doll doesn't really like, it doesn't have any negative connotations with it it's pretty positive apart from the fact it might be the daughter yeah that's <laughs> which we can just brush over that's kind of it so it's not like really like it's still technically haunted because i'm pretty sure what inhabits like that mannequin is either a human or the spirit of yeah the human who used to be there yeah um that's quite a nice one though for a change yeah i suppose it's it's kind of like a nice one very strange though as I said, hence the warning at the start, because, you know, regardless of the fact is whether it is like a human trapped inside like a doll type embalmed house of wax <laughs> kind of vibe. Yeah. Still very creepy. Like, it's kind of weird because um, like it's, it's so strange, mainly because the cops were called a couple of times because they did think that somebody was keeping a cadaver on the like on the shop window i have to see it um yeah i need to see how lifelike it is now yeah so for anybody who is listening to spotify and does want to take a 
jump over to the YouTube video just to kind of view this. Or if you want to Google it yourself, I guess, uh, please do so because it's just so strange. There's like a whole website dedicated to it. And yeah, the like if you're around the area in Mexico, check it out. Send us a picture. Yeah, from your definitely. perspective, that would be kind of cool. I do feel lulled into a false sense of security now, though, because that one was quite nice. When you said, like, life like doll, yeah. I really thought that was going to go a different turn. But I feel like I won't be relaxed for long. It's like as if you stare at my notes before I actually <laughs> do this and I don't get the look. I promise I don't. I promise I don't. Okay. Are you sure? I'm sure. I don't trust you. But anyway, so yeah, with the good, unfortunately in this podcast comes the bad. Um, there is another doll and it is similar to the only way that I could kind of like compare it to is kind of like if Annabelle out of Ed and Lorraine Warren's house broke free and wanted to meet a, a romantic companion, almost like Chucky and the Bride of Chucky, oh, no. this would be the male counterpart Uh-oh. to Annabelle. So... Yeah. This doll is called Robert the Doll. It is a life-sized straw doll. So, Why are they got to be life-sized? I don't know, man. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we used to get, like, things that were... Remember there was a time where you wanted everything to be small? Like, you had a mobile, like, the size of the palm <laughs> of your hand. Yeah, yeah. And you couldn't even, like, type on it because your thumbs were too fat. Not you. Like, maybe that's my problem. <laughs> Leave but. my thumbs alone. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but yeah, so this is like, you know, I, I wish they kind of made dolls like that as well, just to keep it small instead of... Easier to stop if they decide to come alive. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Like small soldiers or Toy Story. Yeah. Yeah. So this life-size doll, it had been a birthday present for Robert Eugene Otto, or Gene, we'll call him for sure. Okay. Which is the family name. And uh, whenever it was given to him as a gift, I think it was from his grandfather, if I'm not mistaken, um, he loved the doll. Yeah, it was given to him by the grandfather and he bought it while on a trip to Germany in 1904. Okay. So um, I can't really recall the date of whenever this story was around with Jean and everything, but I think it was like the early 1900s. Okay, yeah. So it was dressed in one of Jean's sailor suits the doll became his favorite doll and obviously took it everywhere and then he started calling it robert after himself because obviously his first name narcissistic little boy you know what i mean you love something so much <laughs> you just want to call it you you know um but yeah so soon things became a little strange with the doll just to kind of like go off the script here i guess because i've kind of read this is that like the doll would be it's kind of compared to those horror movies where a doll's involved. You know, like something gets knocked over, the kid blames the doll. You know, there's like fighting or arguing or the kid would like hurt, he would be heard shrieking, like screaming at the top of his lungs. The kid would? Yeah, at like 2 a.m. And then he's like, the doll's scaring me. Oh no. Yeah, but yet the next day they would be best friends. Yeah. You know? So there was something that I'm was... I'm getting goosebumps again. Yeah. There was something like very strange. I think the weirdest thing is because they must have lived in like a very... Like they must have been a very wealthy family because mm -hmm. he lived in like a big house and they had like, um, you know, help or servants yeah. or whatever way you kind of want to call them. Yeah. But these servants or help would be walking past uh, in the evening time and they would hear Gene talk in two different voices like as if he is talking to the doll. I'm getting scared. And they said that the, the second voice would be almost like a very deep, manly voice. Like almost like something he couldn't produce. Right. Yeah. So there was obviously a lot of like concern and worry over the doll. Um, and Hear me crying again in four seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't cry. But yeah, so the, the strange thing was is that like the family was awakened in the middle of the night by Jean's screams as I said only to find the frightened boy in bed surrounded by overturned furniture and scattered toys and then he claimed that it was Robert who had messed up his room so it got to the yeah. point where you know they were talking to each other in two separate voices to like you know the the furniture and everything in the house being turned over and this kid blaming it on the doll so what started off as an easy mess something being tripped over, turning into absolute destruction from the doll. 
Can you see my goosebumps on my arm? Have you got goosebumps? I hope anybody listening to this has goosebumps as well because <laughs> I'm getting goosebumps and I want to stop talking about this. Yeah. <laughs> However, we cannot because oh, no. we're not finished yet. So when things moved around the house and when the toys were all broken and lost, Jean always stated that it was Robert that did it. And while his parents didn't quite believe the boy, they were unnerved by the strange events and uh, bothered by the stories told by the servants of hearing small footsteps and laughter in the house when it should have been empty. People who passed by uh, the house uh, in Florida, that's where it was in Florida, uh, people claimed that the doll was staring out the window at them as well. So there's obviously like many kind of like, you know, strange occurrences, not only from the boy and the parents and everybody in the house, Mm -hmm. but things outside of the house as well. So he uh when gene kind of like he kept the doll all through his childhood and all through like his adulthood as well or i guess teenage years and whenever he went to study art uh, robert was moved to the attic where he remained there for like many years so it was kind of like turned into like you know uh woody from toy story and just kind of abandoned which is kind of weird dude because if he was like throwing all this fucking furniture all over the place yeah like i would have set that house on fire if that was that doll and i was abandoned you know? But then I think maybe now obviously this is like from watching too many horror movies, but maybe it's like his power only came from the boy's belief in him. And as he got older, he lost that, so he didn't have his power. Like Peter Pan. Like Peter Pan. <laughs> you yeah. know that horror movie, Peter Pan. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, Peter Pan could be a horror movie. Yeah, good. hundred percent. Hook. Uh, yeah. Terrifying. Hook. Dude, so good. I was gonna say as well, there was like uh just, just a quick interval from this. If you Google Mary Poppins horror movie on YouTube, there is like a trailer where they've made the trailer of Mary Poppins like a horror movie. Oh, I love when they do that. It is fucking terrifying. Like her like peeking through the door to see the children are asleep. I and think like, I might have seen that. Yeah. Yeah. And like going backwards up the stairs on her Yeah. Bar. Nope. Yeah. Not for me. <laughs> anyway, that was a word from our sponsor, Scary YouTube. I yeah. Guess. Um, but yeah, back to this. So... He now lives at Fort Fort East uh, Martello Museum, Robert the Doll, and he's safely locked away in a glass box that has been uh, outfitted with alarms. Wow, just like Annabelle then? Yeah, just like Annabelle. So this is kind of like supposed to be a very kind of like rich and paranormal uh, activity, you know, in, in, in a doll. So mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of like measures, but the, the weirdest thing is that people were saying that like what he does now since he misses Gene, his owner, uh, so much and you know the kind of affection and companionship that they had is that he would curse people who didn't take him away right okay so there'd be so many people looking at him in this museum but nobody takes him but the weird thing is is that whenever people say that they didn't believe in him mm-hmm. or they didn't believe in you know his his power or supernatural kind of like abilities um he would put a curse on them wow and so don't go anywhere near him basically then don't right. look at him don't talk about him yeah it's best not to interact with him is kind of like the way it goes did and he do anything other than flip the furniture like how did they find he was a paranormal doll after being in the attic for so long i think it was like the family knew that he was a paranormal entity yeah because of what the child had told them so they didn't believe the child at the start because they thought you know it was a kid just being a kid whereas whenever more people approached them about the doll it seemed to be like the main topic of conversation for the family and anybody else Mm -hmm. so you know i meet dave down at the street the grocery store he talks about the doll yeah you know what i mean so it's kind of one of those things but the strange thing is as i said about his curse nobody knew that he had a curse until they would look at the glass case uh, that the doll is in now in the museum Mm -hmm. and it is just covered with letters and scoring from people who are non-believers essentially are writing to beg robert uh for forgiveness and asking him to remove the bad luck that he had placed in them because really? of their carelessness wow yeah so he turns non-believers into beggars basically more or less yeah wow so it was i guess it was one of those things that i don't know if the aspect of it is that he's being protective because of gene and nobody believe in Jean, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and maybe the doll just wanted to show his ability by moving furniture and having these conversations, or it's because Jean 
kind of left him. Abandon him. And he's looking for someone else to latch on to. He's got issues either way. Right. He comes on strong. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's kind of like, you know those people, uh, whenever you're on a dating app or website, and they say hi, and you say hi, how are you? And next thing you know, there's like seven replied messages, and then they end up calling you a bitch or a dick. Yeah, and, and yeah, you like don't reply for a day, and they're like, screw you anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I never wanted to be with you anyway. Yeah. Flip That's, this is Robert then. Yeah, that yeah. is Robert, yes. <laughs> so he's just, he's just a needy doll, you know? Just a typical Tinder dude. Robert Robert the Tender Doll what were you gonna say <laughs> no Robert the Tender Doll is probably the best <laughs> I was just gonna say I wouldn't swipe right in Robert but then I would probably have to like you know go back at some no I've lost it <laughs> anyway uh, so yeah that is Robert the Doll and La Pascalita the two on my list yeah. yeah I don't like dolls particularly and I like them even less now so yeah. thanks for that no problem. Anybody who does have a child or younger sibling, always check the dolls twice. Just make sure they're in the same position as you put them down. Right. So, yeah, that was Robert the doll, which is... Nice quite, guy. Quite distressing. Yeah. yeah. Where was his museum? His museum was Far East Martello Museum. I'm not too sure. Or, sorry, Fort East uh, I'm not too sure whereabouts that is, but I'm assuming it's around probably Florida area, if that's where he was originally from. He's not one of the Warrens collections. I'm just thinking because like he's so similar to Annabelle. Right. Yeah. No, he's not. He's not one of those. So I think someone must have picked him up beforehand. But um, kind of funny that you mentioned that. If you guys are sticking around afterwards or if you do want an extra episode, we will be talking this week in the Patreon exclusive episode about the Warrens and what artillery of spooks and creepy shit that they have down in their basement yeah our favorite items from their basement like yeah. a little pick and mix they got some spooky shit dude yeah. yeah yeah but it's it's a full podcast in itself so yeah if you're interested uh we'll see you on that one yeah of course cool um so yeah i think it is over to you now i think i've gave you enough goosebumps time for you to return to favor i guess well this one is a very very scary object it is a deadly chair. <laughs> not the chair. A not an electric chair. Not an electric one. Just a little wooden chair. Is it one of those ones with the wonky legs that you need to like get Probably. Like a tea? Was it like the book? You know, whenever you get like the side of a book, you just kind of like. No, you need to fold up like a like a bar mat. Right. And put it under the bar mat tactic, yeah. <laughs> man. Honestly, before you start this, have you ever done that thing? Where you were in a bar and there was a wonky table and you couldn't really understand why. And then somebody would set like their drink down and then the rest of the drinks would just like have that like Titanic kind of yeah. like shake. <laughs> the worst. I hate a wonky chair. No, this is the Deathly Stoop chair of Thomas Busby. Deathly Stoop chair? Yes. So local legend has it that this chair belonged to a man called Thomas Busby. Okay. Who was like a thief a thug a drunkard all around not nice guy in the 1600s okay uh he was from north yorkshire right so this is fairly close to home yeah uh so this guy thomas busby he married a man called daniel awetty's daughter right okay uh so awetty was another like small time crook uh so they quickly became partners in crime Right, right, right. And they had this farm together that they would run their like illegal like gambling or whatever dodgy dealings out of. Yeah. Um. And Busby also bought this pub, this bar. Right. Uh. So they carried on for a few years. They were always sort of bickering, like aggressive, drunken bar brawl type guys. Right. Just two drunks, kind of like arguing over. Yeah. Two nothing. small time dodgy criminals. Yeah. Uh, nothing, nothing major, but on the last fateful day of Daniel Awetty's life, he and Busby were um, arguing like in the bar all day. Okay. Uh, they don't know what it was. Maybe something over their business, maybe over the daughter, whatever. Uh, Busby left, came back, still raging, but ready to move on. Yeah. And saw Daniel Awetty sitting in his favorite chair and this knocked him over the edge. Right. So he grabbed this guy, gave him a few punches to the face, threw him out of the bar, went home. Was like, I'm done. 
went home, sat all night thinking about it. He was fuming. Right. So mad. He picked up a hammer, marched himself over to this guy's house and bludgeoned him to death in his bed. Over sitting in the chair. Well, who knows what it was over. That's my ass growing, you ruined. <laughs> but something pissed him off enough to kill this guy. To like send him over, yeah. So he disposed of the body in the woods, thought all was fine. Uh, unfortunately, in the summer of 1702, he was tried for murder, found guilty, yeah. and sentenced to death. Right. His punishment was to be gibbeted. If you don't know what a gibbet is, we can put a picture up on the screen, but basically it's like a cast iron body holder. Yeah, is the you, only way I can describe it. You basically look like um, if Terminator was turned inside out <laughs> and put on top of you. That's kind of what it looks like, I think. Yeah, it's like a load of like cast iron hook type, type things to, yeah. to spend you. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you'd be hung from this gibbet. Uh, his body was going to be dipped in tar. Oh, shit. And his remains would be displayed on this like stoop uh, in front of his pub. To that's add insult to injury. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Wouldn't it not be like a prize for him? Because he's kind of like, this is my bar. And now I'm the trophy of my bar. <laughs> I don't, I don't yeah. know if you'd see it as being a trophy if you're covered in tar and hanging in front of your pub. I mean, like if they feathered them, then that's like a totally different <laughs> story because nobody wants to be tarred and feathered. You're thinking he's just made into like an Oscar. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly what I'm thinking. <laughs> just like an Oscar. <laughs> like a hanging Oscar. Yeah. Uh, unpleasant way to go. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, yeah. Um, And the inn was actually renamed the Busby Stoop because of this. Right. Um, unfortunately, it closed, I think, in 2012, but it, it was right up in, from the, like, the 1600s until 2012 it was remaining. Right. Uh, so that's the facts that we have about this guy. Yeah. Uh, and here's where it starts to go a little bit unusual um, about how it became haunted. Right, okay. So one story recounts of how Busby was granted his last wish before his death sentence of having one last drink in his favorite chair right okay on his way to the execution site he cursed the chair declaring that death would come to anyone who sat in it <laughs> why are you laughing i just laughing because i'm just expecting him to be like sitting up from this chair man with this perfect ass groove <laughs> and then he's just like if this ever gets ruined if these butt cheeks ever lose their texture it literally makes me think of that simpsons episode you know, when the carnies take over Homer's house? Yeah. He's like, he ruined my groove. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, uh... But yeah, sorry, continue. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's the most accepted theory of how the chair got its curse. Yeah. Um, so that no one could ever enjoy sitting in that chair again. Right, Like okay. this Daniel Oweddy guy. Um, so, his spirit was generally believed to haunt the pub anyway. Okay. But the chair, which was the focus of his curse... Um, <laughs> this is my favorite fact from this. It is apparently responsible for more deaths than most serial killers. And the tally is somewhere around 60 deaths. Get out of here. 60 deaths from this one wooden chair. How? So, glad you ask. So the chair's first victim yeah. was a chimney sweep. And this was in 1894. So he was just with his friend, having a drink after work, sat down in the chair never made it home so he was completely drunk laid down on the side of the road to sleep and was found hanging from a post next to the gibbet the next morning oh shit and most people ruled it as suicide yeah uh but in 1914 so quite a few years later yeah yeah on his deathbed his friend that was with him that night admitted to having robbed and murdered him and hanging him up so his friend his friend did it so looks like his friend stooped to Busby's level, eh? <laughs> 10 out of 10, the worst pun 10 I've of ever 10 done. pun. Yeah. Uh, so that was the first victim claimed by the chair. Yeah. The next sort of batch of deaths was during the Second World War. Okay. So it became a popular drinking spot with um, RAF airmen. Right, okay, yeah. Um, And they would like dare each other to sit in the chair because at this time... Rumors were circulating right, yeah. of this chair. So they would just like take the piss and be like, dare you to sit in the chair and take a drink. They did. The ones who took up the challenge never returned from their missions. 
Get out, man. Um, in 1968, this was like obviously well after the Second World War and well after this. So at this point, the chair is well known. Um, there was a couple more airmen who dared each other to sit in the chair, much like their ancestors. Yeah. They both did. And returning back to their airfield, they were in a really bad car crash and both died on the way to hospital. Fuck. I'm just reading these off because there's so many. I kind of want to hear them because like, I, I guess it gives, well, me, because this is the first time I'm hearing this, but it obviously gives the listeners and viewers like a kind of like a real insight to the damage related to this because yeah. it's, as we said last time, you know, it's only so much until it's more than just a coincidence. Well, that's the thing because you can say, yeah, 60 people died. Yeah. But until you actually hear the stories, like for me personally anyway, it wasn't until I started reading these, I was like, okay, this is weird. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, those guys, unfortunately, car crash. Then in the early 70s, it's still going, like right from 1814 up to the 1970s. Man, Busby's got fucking juice. <laughs> <laughs> I know. He don't quit. Yeah. That, that ass groove, don't quit. <laughs> um, yeah, so... Just going from that joke to the death of a cleaning lady, sadly. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't really know how to segue there. Uh, no, that was that was by far probably the best segue that we've done here, but go on. This cleaning lady bumped into the chair right. when she was cleaning and she was literally the same week diagnosed with a brain tumour and she died. Um, there was also a number of cyclists and motorcyclists who suffered fatal road accidents after sitting in the chair um hitchhiker was run over after spending two nights at the pub sitting in the chair right um a local man who died of a heart attack so many this is throughout the years and obviously the tally is growing rapidly here so the final straw for um this guy called earnshaw who bought the pub i think in the 60s right there was a group of builders who obviously knowing the story again joking dare you to sit in the chair one young guy did and as soon as he went back to the building site he fell through the roof landed on the concrete floor and died and the owner said that's it so he banished the chair to the cellar so how many what's the death tally we're on now i don't know but i feel like it's in the 40s at least so we're in the 40s Mm -hmm. and it takes that much death for the bartender to be like yeah, I should probably move that chair, man. Do, I know. Do you know I what I mean? Know. Like, why would you not just fucking move the chair in the first well, place? Well, I mean, if you think about it, like, it probably brought people in. Like, right. a pub with a haunted chair. It's a local legend. People obviously don't take it seriously. The fact that they joke around and dare each other to sit in the chair. It maybe was good for business. But I guess this one guy, he'd only been, like, owner of the pub for maybe 10 years. Yeah. If it was me, I probably would have hired security specifically for the chair. <laughs> like I would have like, you know, whatever those like, well, I'm going to, you know, verbally describe this. The, the security men who have their like really like beefed up with their arms folded. So they're like this and they're like, somebody goes to sit in the chair and they're like, not tonight, mate. <laughs> you know, you've had too much. If you look a little bit like elderly and feeble, <laughs> like, <laughs> not you. It's like your time's soon anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, so yeah, this guy was like, that's enough. Chairs going in the basement. No more people sitting in this chair. Yeah. However, a delivery man uh, from the brewery was down in the cellar one day, dropping off barrels, crates of beer, whatever. And he decided to try out the chair and was sort of joking around to the landlord saying, this is far too comfy to be down here. Oh, no. Why is this down here? Uh, shortly afterwards, going back to the brewery, his van left the road and he died. That is so, so bizarre, man. Busby strikes again. So Earnshaw then was like, obviously it's not enough, this just being in the cellar. Yeah. So he donated it to, it's called the Thirsk Museum uh, in Yorkshire. So this is in 1978. He donated the chair right. at the explicit request that it be suspended from the ceiling so that no one could ever sit in it ever again. Right. And nice. it has been there ever since, you know, maintenance cleaners nobody can go near it uh and they've never broken their promise to him in over 30 years despite numerous requests uh and even the threat of legal action someone threatened to sue to get the chair down serious uh i didn't read up what the what grounds you have to sue on that but um yeah it's been there ever since you can still visit it today 
And where is it in? This is in Yorkshire, in the Thirsk Museum. So if you Google Busby's Cursed Chair, you'll get it. Yeah. Imagine, man, all that for an ass groove. All that for an ass groove. Right? I kind of like, <laughs> out of curiosity, I would love to like, see how comfy it is. That's what I was thinking. Because obviously the chairs we're in right now, they're like office chairs. Yeah. They're not that comfy, let's be no. honest. If no. I could do the podcast from a Busby chair. Right? It might be better. You would just never leave the chair, <laughs> just in case. Yeah, that's yeah. true, actually. You right? never stand up, is it okay? Yeah. Yeah, that's true, actually. Anyway, um, <laughs> so that is the Busby chair. Just to kind of round that off, if I ever bought a chair, I think that I would probably curse it if it was extremely comfy as well. I'd probably have like a cursed beanbag. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Because beanbags are a lot more comfy than chairs. <laughs> that's true. You know, or like a the curse of the, like the office chair or gamer chair. Any kind of comfy chair. It's just very selfish, isn't it? It's like, if I can't have this chair, none of you can either. Yeah, but then again, the dude was like, you know, an absolute swine. As they say. <laughs> That's true. Um, so yeah, going into mine, this one, I've had fun researching this. I'm not going to lie. Mainly because this went viral in the last couple of years. Okay. For something happening uh, involving, I kind of don't want to give too much away. So let me, let me just like backtrack this. So this is called the Dybbuk box. This rings a bell. I've heard of this. Right. So this is apparently one of the most haunted objects in the world today. Mm-hmm. Um, now, according to Jewish folklore, the Dybbuk is a dark spirit that takes over bodies of the living and uses them for evil. Basically, so it's just like a demon that possesses you then? Yeah, it's basically like a demon that possesses you and does their like evil bidding as such. But the legend has it that the Dybbuk can be trapped inside a box or mm-hmm. an item. Uh, you know, and prevented from causing mischief unless the box is open, that is. So the background between this, so this is kind of like, it's like a wine cabinet, like a mini wine cabinet. Okay. So it's not even that big of an item. It's a very like small wine cabinet. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was very strange because the first person who kind of like made the internet aware of this was this guy called Jason Haxton. Similar to your story to start with the painting, this was actually auctioned on eBay to begin with. The Dybbuk box was? Yeah, the Dybbuk box. That's cruel. Right? What a cruel way to get rid of that. I got a demon if you want him. Did they advertise it as? He advertised it as a Dybbuk box. So he, like, this guy knew exactly what it was and he exactly knew how to, like... He wanted it gone. Market it, yeah. So he said that he was, like, skeptical about the powers that you know, were in the box or the Dybbuk itself. But he said that the, the apparently a man uh, who survived the Holocaust had this box and was found dead with this box. And this box kind of went from like house to house or like store to store. He ended up picking it up just as he wanted a wine cabinet for the house. And then he realized the actual power that it had. Wow. Um, so he, he changed his mind, you know, uh, believing that the powers were kind of, fake mm-hmm. um and he stated that he began to experience a series of medical maladies it says here including yeah. bleeding eyes and strange rashes bleeding eyes so this dude apparently would like wake up in the middle of the night and there's blood like down his cheek no. and he thought that he like cut his like cheek or whatever and then it turns out that he was like fucking no that's a, that's bad that's a bad spirit right so this dude was saying that it, obviously he had the bleeding eyes he had the strange rashes uh kind of don't want to know whereabouts because that might have been something else other than a demon <laughs> but um he also began to dream about being attacked by an old hag and would also wake with bruises on the body wow so this dude, so it's very violent ghost yeah so spirit. this dude basically got the the full you know a, a star spirit treatment mm-hmm. Um, which is kind of crazy. So he put it on eBay. I'm not too sure who actually purchased it, but in 2017, uh, Zach Began, I think his name is, which is the, he's the dude from like Paranormal Investigators, I think, or Ghost Hunters maybe. Oh, so he's like a well-known Paranormal yeah. Investigator. Yeah, he's a, he's a well-known dude. He's from Ghost Adventures, yes. I think. Demon yeah. House, a couple other things he's been involved in. But this guy actually has his own museum. Um, so he's kind of like created his own Ed and Lorraine Warren kind of like yeah. spectacle, yeah. which is kind of interesting. Um, and like, I don't know if you've ever seen this before, but there's a film called The Possession. I don't think I've seen. 
No, but you have heard of it though. Yeah. Right. So in 2012, this was about somebody who was like messing about with a Tippic box and then ends up, you know, as the title suggests, getting possessed. This was what kind of inspired the movie. So this box got like some notoriety. So even though the ghost is contained in the box, it can still harm you. It can still harm you if it's released from the box, but the box will forever be its chambers. But this guy was getting like bruises and stuff even from owning the box. Yeah, so I think it was like almost despair trying to like taunt it to either get rid of the box or... Okay, or open it maybe. Or open it, yeah. Yeah. So obviously what I'm kind of building up to here is the fact is that the box should not be opened. No, of course. It should never be opened. Did someone open it? So on July 1st, 20. 20 uh there was an article posted up basically saying that zach began opened the dybbuk box as if 2020 wasn't bad enough here he had to let a dybbuk loose oh no no no! it gets worse oh no because the title <laughs> no, no no not because of the happenings that happened with it thankfully nothing happened reported as of yet but something did happen as of yet i like that <laughs> yeah. so something happened a few years ago which i'm going to touch on but basically the the name of the show was called ghost adventures quarantine what made this kind of viral in recent days apart from zach Began being an absolute madman yeah by opening this was that uh post malone yeah. visited zach Began's museum yeah yeah so post malone visited in 2018 and it was kind of weird because this was a news article that was done by the bbc cnn covered this specific story as well um i don't know if it's because it involves post malone and you know it's obviously free press for him yeah but the backstory behind this is nuts because they did a, like a follow-up story to this um so what happened was and this was on like captured on camera mm-hmm. so post malone basically went in and touched the dybbuk box and apparently whenever you touch or handle the dybbuk box you're supposed to get loads of bad luck yeah like, extreme bad luck you're more or less cursed yeah um but so, he didn't really believe it i guess so yeah he was like he didn't really believe it wasn't like he was a very skeptical person not very like in tune with the supernatural whatsoever mm-hmm. and they recorded this in ghost adventures and if you actually like google this or if you youtube this it's kind of eerie man because post malone immediately freaks out once he touches it yeah um he's kind of like laughing at the start of the video he's kind of like yeah whatever and then all of a sudden he needs to get the fuck out of the room. Oh, wow. That the Dybbuk box is in. And Zach Beggins just kind of like there at the start, like some kind of weird game show host. And then he kind of starts losing his shit as well. So the, both of them freak out. Okay. But that's not where this story ends for Post Malone, oh, no. unfortunately. So <laughs> in my head, I'm like, is Post Malone dead? I don't remember hearing like. <laughs> <laughs> Urban legend, is Post Malone dead? <laughs> No, he's, he's, he's thankfully not dead, however, <laughs> and I do make this, however, very bold. Uh, there have been many attempts on his life by the Dybbuk. Really? Since, yeah. The rapper was involved in a plane emergency soon after this, uh, where two types of, two tires of his private jet blew out on the runway. Mm-hmm. So the plane nearly like burst into flames, crashed, yeah. done. After that, a few days later, his old house was reportedly broken into by gun-totting invaders. Wow. So there was people who was breaking it. I don't think he was in the property at the time. But he could have been. But he could have been. Yeah. And then the last one is that a week after that, so this is all obviously within the space of like, you know, a couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, he was involved in a car crash when his Rolls Royce collided with another car, causing him serious kind of like injury. But... He has since then recovered. Yeah, really, really bad luck. Yeah. So, yeah, just to kind of round this off. So Post Malone has obviously experienced some extreme bad luck with this. Mm-hmm. And then Zach Began in um, to 2020, June 2020, opened the the Divic box. Mm-hmm. But a kind of weird thing, because I was reading up on this as well. So there is allegedly 10 Divic boxes in the whole world. Okay. And apparently this makes, you know, this kind of like Jewish mythology kind of like alive. So it's supposed to be, I'm not too sure if some kind of like, um, you know, amalgamation of like all these demons together will cause like world destruction or whatever the case is. But there's obviously some kind of like massive folklore behind this. Well, the past few years, 
maybe right (laughs) so yeah as as we said what better way to like end 2020 or like mid 2020 we're like opening a freaking debit box yeah thanks for that dude yeah so i think he's got like two of the ten so i don't know which one he's don't give him any more he keeps opening them right it's like you put them somewhere safe (laughs) it's like if you're hiding children's presents don't hide them in the room exactly because they're gonna find keep his little grubby mitts off them he's like (laughs) what's in this one oh another evil spirit that's going to take over the world great yeah i don't know if zach began actually did like post malone or not do he did I mean? what i don't know if he liked post malone or not do you know like all of all the people to kind yeah. of bring in he's like you post you want to touch something really cool yeah <laughs> do you, know what I mean? you want to open it <laughs> <laughs> why does it sound like as if he's talking about his penis <laughs> I don't know. yo post do you want to touch it <laughs> zip <laughs> but uh allegedly allegedly sorry yes my bad but yeah so to kind of round this up i guess we could have covered like a lot more in this because obviously there's like many haunted objects and dolls and whatever Mm -hmm. else in the Mm -hmm. world um you know more famous than others but we just kind of wanted to like i guess go over the lesser known ones yeah and then some of the ones that have had like an impact up to like present day so if there's any topics or anything that you think that we missed uh please do reach out to us either on our instagrams uh which we are going to link in the description or also on the youtube video if you are watching it as well yeah leave us a comment give yeah. us a like please if do you liked yeah. it it would be really cool because we're also now on apple podcasts um if you want to check that out i think we have a review system on there so if you want to hit us up uh you know one or five stars dealer's choice i don't mind no gotta get that plug in yeah (laughs) bear in mind if you do rate one star we will send the chair after you (laughs) i like not the dibbick the chair yeah no no no, not the dibbick the dibbick's locked up the chair's hanging from the ceiling (laughs) pair of scissors we're all good but yeah now's a good time to kind of like i guess thank the very special people who are the spooky patreon folks uh so i'm gonna read these out this is in no particular order as always um but yeah i just kind of want to start off here for what we're going on so x2 shoes uh rebecca mongold nora jones thirsty dismant veronica maynard sam jam she battle meow tom whitfield shannon williams houses 1221 and caleb lewowen guys thank you so much honestly for the patreon stuff uh, if anybody isn't signed up to it, you can get an extra episode, which is what we're recording straight after this one, on the Warrens. And yeah, I think that's kind of it's kind of us for it. Yeah, I would. Say I'm excited for this Patreon one this time. I'm really excited for this. We always are, but the Warrens is just super interesting. There's so much to talk about, dude. Honestly, like I've been researching a bit for it just before we sign off, and some of the stuff that they got kind of like hooked up in there makes annabelle look like with the bad pun <laughs> child's play yeah <laughs> it is nuts nice so yeah stick around after this one and clip into the patreon if you guys are there it's gonna be pretty damn cool i think it's gonna be spooky gonna be spooky but nothing else to say i guess except for stay, stay spooky. spooky uh oh almost <laughs> oh you try you try i was gonna you steal your punchline really yeah I'm going to curse you <laughs> just for doing that. It's like sitting in the chair. That's it. Anyone who says the line stay spooky. Will get spooked. Gets cursed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh man, I said get to, oh, stay spooky one time. And it, like it's now I've just got hives and rashes. And That's so funny you said that because I literally have like a weird itchy thing on my finger here. Ah, uh, so it's begun. It's begun. <laughs> nice. All right, folks. Well, catch you next time. Goodbye. Peace out.